Welcome to Finances and Compound Interest with Kathy Pfefferhahn. Finances and, in conjunction with my company, Capital Coaching, helps people achieve their financial goals through personal, tailored, and attentive financial coaching services. Together, we create a successful financial plan by examining your spending and saving habits, then guiding and educating you to your own personal success. But if you're more of a do-it-yourselfer, you can order my book, Finances and Your Spending Planner Workbook. It includes budgeting pages for each month, expense trackers, investment and asset tracking, debt management, setting your financial goals, and much more. To get your own copy, you can click the link in the show notes, and I actually go over the book in episode 136, Your Spending Planner Workbook, so you can follow along if you'd like to do that. Compound interest has several pros and cons that you should consider when making financial decisions. One of the main advantages of compound interest is its ability to accelerate the growth of investments over time. As interest is added, not only to the initial principal, but also to the accumulated interest, the overall value of the investment increases exponentially over time. This compounding effect allows you to achieve significant returns on your savings and investments, making it a powerful tool for your long-term wealth accumulation and retirement planning. Another benefit of compound interest is its passive nature. Once your initial investment is made, you can let your money work for you without having to give it constant attention or active management. This makes it an attractive option for those seeking a hands-off approach to growing their wealth. Additionally, starting early with compound interest can provide a substantial advantage due to the extended period of compounding, allowing individuals to potentially amass a larger nest egg over time. However, compound interest also comes with its share of drawbacks. One significant con is that it can work against the borrower when it comes to debts and loans. High interest debt like credit card balances or payday loans can accumulate rapidly due to compounding, lending to a larger debt burden and financial stress for individuals who struggle to make timely payments. Compound interest is one of those vocabulary words that's used often in financial discussions or on papers, but it's not always so easy to understand. Now I'm going to do some math today, but I promise I'll be as clear as possible and that you won't hate it. For starters, interest is what you earn on the money you've lent or left to a financial institution, like a bank, for the privilege of borrowing your money. Did you ever think that the bank is borrowing your money? It is. It takes that money and lends it out to others. That's just one reason your bank's not full of money. Investors.gov gives the example of if you have $100 and you can earn 5% on that, At the end of one year, you'll have $105. But if you leave it alone for another year, you'll earn another 5% on it, growing your 105 to 110 and 25 cents. Leave it for another 10 years and you'll have $162. And in 25 years, $340. The more money you start with or add over the years, the larger it grows while you're earning interest on your interest. If you want to know when your money will double, take the interest rate, our example here was 5%, and you take the number 72 and divide it by the 5% interest rate. So in this case, 72 divided by 5 is 14.4. So in 14 years, that $100 will become $200. This works for any amount of money that you're saving. Something called simple interest pays you for the interest on the original amount only. So again, using the $100 at 5% interest with simple interest, you'll get $5 a year until you pull that money out. You're never earning interest on the growth of the interest itself. Now you'll find that 
how often they pay interest is as important piece of information as the percent that they're paying you. It can be compounded or calculated annually, each year, semi-annually, every six months, quarterly, four times a year, monthly, 12 times a year, or even daily. Savings and money market accounts are often daily. Certificates of deposits or CDs are calculated monthly or daily. Series 1 bonds are semi-annually. Loans are often calculated monthly, but credit cards and other forms of loans are compounded daily. Getting paid an interest daily means that you'll earn the most because they pay you more often. And all of that sounds amazing about growing your interest, but when you owe interest, the exact opposite of what you want to happen does. Now you owe more money the longer the loan, and if your loan compounds daily like a credit card, you'll owe more and more on the unpaid balance. Let's use that $100 example, and if you owe 5%, now at the end of a year, you'll owe $105.13 in a year. That may not sound too bad, but try and find a credit card rate of 5%. More than likely, it will be around 20%, and then you're going to owe $122 in that year. But again, your balance probably isn't $100. It's probably more like $7,000, and $7,000 and that 20% interest and you're going to owe $8,549 if you pay nothing for that year. Sadly, those who try and keep up by paying just monthly minimums are actually paying that month's interest accrued. That means the interest that they're charging you. Meaning that in one year, that $7,000 balance will be exactly $7,000 again. And it's easy to get caught up in a debt cycle of never getting ahead if you're making minimum payments. The bank calculates the daily interest rate by taking the annual percentage rate, or APR, and dividing it by 365, the number of days in a year. So that 20% interest rate is being calculated on 20 divided by 365, or 0.05% a day. And as I said earlier, it grows more quickly the more often it's calculated, the exact opposite of what you want your debt to grow at. Experian.com has a great calculator for seeing how fast you can pay off a credit card loan. If you just search Experian credit card calculators, you'll be able to find it and check out what your debt is. Credit cards that offer 0% introductory rates may be a good option if you need to stop interest accruing so you can pay the balance down, but then look out for the new APR and its start date or you'll once again owe interest and it could be at a higher rate. There may also be a transfer rate charged. They want to make money somehow of anywhere from 3 to 5%. So be sure that you understand all the rates, dates, and what you'll owe and when. Loans that you pay off early will accrue less interest than those you don't. By paying more than the minimum, even on mortgage loans, which are, again, as I said, simple interest, you'll owe less over time. Mortgages are calculated a bit differently than other loans. The website thetruthaboutmortgage.com writes, Mortgages know the total amount of interest due because it has already calculated beforehand and displayed in a mortgage amortization schedule. That just means they're showing you exactly how much you're going to pay in principal, and that's the actual loan itself, and interest, what you're paying for borrowing that money. For example, a $300,000 mortgage set at 4% or 4 points on a 30-year fixed mortgage will have total interest due of $215,610 over the life of the loan. We know this beforehand because mortgages are amortized, 
which is to reduce or pay off in regular payments. Each month, the combined principal and interest payment will be the exact same, but what you're actually paying, the composition of that payment, will change over time. In the very first month, you'll pay $432.25 in principal and $1,000 in interest for a total of $1,432.25. But the last month, month 360, even though you're paying that same $1,432, only about five of those dollars will go towards the interest because the outstanding loan balance will be so small at that time. Luckily with mortgages, at no point do you pay interest on interest. There are some investment strategies that use compounding interest as well. Dividend reinvestment plans, called DRIPS, allow investors to reinvest any cash dividends back into the stock that the dividend came from, and then you're buying a small fractional part of a share. Zero-coupon bonds offer competitive interest, because you do not actually receive interest, but instead buy the bond at a deep discount so that you can earn back the face value. It's also called the par value of that bond, versus paying the full value of it and earning interest on it like other bonds. An example might be you buy a $20,000 bond, and instead of earning interest on the $20,000 until maturity, you buy it at $10,000 and sell it for $20,000 at maturity. Compound interest offers potential for exponential growth and wealth accumulation, really without any additional work, making it an effective tool for long-term financial goals. However, borrowers should be cautious against high-interest debts. Understanding both the benefits and the limitations of compound interest can help you make informed and responsible financial decisions. This is Kathy Pfefferhahn. Thanks for listening to Finances and Compound Interest. I know you chose to listen and am ever grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free in your podcast provider. And please share your favorite episode with a friend. If you don't mind, today, please stop and leave a review because it brings financial education to others and helps people find me more easily. Also, let me know what questions you'd like answered or any topics you'd like covered by going to the website financesand.net and leaving a message. You can also contact Capital Coaching for your personal financial needs at capitalcoaching.net. Remember, I went to school, so you don't have to. Finances And does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation.